0: All right, welcome everyone. Welcome to episode number twenty-five, and this episode is going to be called "What It Takes." So I'm so excited because I've actually got my sister on the podcast today, which I fucking love doing conversations because I did the one with Liv, and that one absolutely killed it. It was so so popular, and I think you guys are really going to love what my sister has to say. So Stephanie is really active on the Facebook group as well. She gives some awesome advice and. yeah, I think a lot of people have really bounced off her advice quite well, which is amazing. So, yeah, I thought I'd bring her in. So, welcome, Stephanie. Hello. So we thought that we would um, first talk a little bit about our childhood. Our childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were, uh, like we're very weird. We're very weird children. I we think. were
1: extremely, <clears throat> extremely strange, strange children. Like
0: strange kids. But one thing, like we were best friends since day one.
1: Yeah, yeah. We like, never we, had. We, we completely strange
0: children. Yeah, like weird. We'll go I used into to it. dress Alexis up <laughs> as a German shepherd. So we were obsessed. This is before our parents bought us a dog and we would beg, I think like maybe at least once a month we would like write a speech and present it to our parents on why it was a good idea for them to buy us a dog. We and don't, don't have to spend any money. We can just use my belt as a <laughs> collar. The- <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally we were pitching it as a money thing and they're like, that's not why we're not buying you a dog. It's not, it's not the money. <laughs> And we're like, we'll just, you know, find food from the land. We lived in suburbia. Like, <laughs> exactly. There was no food like, from we'll the eat land. we just our leftovers. It's fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> a- <laughs> so we're trying to say that having a dog would be free. And then because they weren't buying us a dog, they ended up buying us a an dog. amazing, gorgeous Labrador when, like, I was 10 yeah. or 11. Yeah. And yeah, you would a, have been 12, 12 or 13. Yeah. The
1: thing lived for six She lived for 16 years. years. Yes. Year she was <laughs> the best dog.
0: Oh, my God, the best dog. Um, yeah, so we really, it's not like we didn't have a we had a dog pretty early on in our childhood, but, yeah, from early on. And because they weren't buying us a dog, we thought to show them that we really were committed, I would dress up, well, Stephanie would dress me up as a German Shepherd. <laughs> Which literally was just khaki shorts and a black shirt. Like yeah, they the colours T-shirt. of a German Shepherd. No and one put a not. leash <laughs> on my neck. <laughs> we sound fucked. And then walk me down the street. And I, I was on 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 fours, grazing up my knees because they were shorts. And I, we, I think we genuinely thought people would think that was was a dog.
1: (laughs) In our world, you
0: were in our like our imagination was so intense, and so we were always, yeah, we were always super close. We never went through a phase where we hated each other ever. No, Um, but we did. I was just thinking of like stories to tell of our childhood, and I thought of the one. So we were really. Again, weird, but annoying with each other. (laughs) This one came to mind one day. My mum had some (laughs) some friends over for dinner, and I don't know why, but so we were joining them for the dinner, and we would have been under 10 years old for sure, because we were still at that house, the Sydney house. And we were under 10. And I thought it would be a really good idea to coat Stephanie's back before the dinner in a really <laughs> thick layer of, like, Vicks vapor Rub. <laughs> so we sit down by So, like, co- <laughs> coat her back. So we're sitting at this dinner t- table and I'm like, lol, her eyes are watering.
1: The visitors are like, what is the that smell? like,
0: What is that really strong smell? And my mum's like, what is going on? And I'm staring at her. I've got this huge grin on my face, Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie's <laughs> trying to hold it back, and her eyes are watering. And then, halfway through the dinner, <laughs> had and this is the first time we met these friends. They weren't like close friends, no, either. definitely not. They were. It was more like a formal kind of.
1: And we were quite shy children, so we would sit at the table with friends that we didn't know. We were
0: and we were quiet. quiet. We yep. were very quiet. But then Stephanie, out of nowhere, bursts out crying. <laughs> And my mum's like, what's wrong? What's happening? And Steven is trying to explain that I had rubbed big paper up all over her back. But she was sobbing. She was like, just rub big paper up all over All the adults at the table are like, these kids are fucking cocked. Like, it's corked. going hot, cold, And she's oh. like, my back is going hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And my mum's giving us that look of, like, you're dead after
1: this. Oh, she, she was hating us. Oh, my God. Oh, My, my poor mother. On a, our mother.
0: Our poor mother. Yeah. Oh sh- I mean, overall, we were pretty good kids, I think. We were I good. Think.
1: We we like, mm. conniving children. We used to – I think it was only until recently that, like, well, our teenage years that our, my mum worked out that we used to get our pocket money and I used to stay home and man the phones because we had a like, couple of hour window until my parents got
0: back from work. Oh, my God. And Alexis
1: would trek without pocket money. Without pocket money. Yeah.
0: And it was a, it was a fucking I trek. I looked it up
1: the other day. It's close to 3K. <laughs> For a child,
0: <laughs> a I was like way. 10 or 11.
1: And you'd trek out there. And I would be walking back. three kilometres. Rain, hail, shine. This is like. No, because
0: this is the problem. Our parents raised us eating a very healthy diet, not freak healthy, but just like wholesome foods, and there wasn't sugar around the house unless it was a special occasion. So it wasn't like we weren't like crazy freaks, healthy, whatever, but it was all like. Everything cooked from scratch and just no soft drink and no, like, candy around the house and less, you know. So we were had the biggest sweet tooth oh, and we would use time. all our pocket money, any money that we got from our birthdays, $2 yeah. each yeah. a week we got. Yeah. And, and
1: spend that. And that, this is the days where you'd get a red skin for $0.10. Cents. $0.10. Cents.
0: And a psychopath, I would be, like, walking all the way to apple tree shops <laughs> Packing a bag full of lollies to get to the two bags. dollars. Those white paper bags. Packing it, getting home, and then we'd have to smash all the lollies before our dad got home from work. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and then we'd be dope. like on this sugar high. It's so good. That's
1: so bad. And, and then, then we'd have to hide the. Um, we'd have the to hide all the, the wrappers. Bin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah we'd have to shove them under things in the bin. And then we would um, steal cans of sweetened condensed milk from the pantry open it, run to the backyard. This is when our parents were home. Run to the backyard and skull, like, just drink solid condensed milk. <laughs> to be fair, I did that the other week. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say,
1: why is there a can? My like boyfriend's like, why is there a can of sweetened condensed milk? I'm like, oh, it's delicious. You're like, I drank it. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, it's yeah. really bad. We're, yeah. I've still got well I you kind of grew out of the sweet tooth, other than obviously You're insane. the other day. I'm You're insane. Out of control. I have to control myself with sugar, like control myself. Otherwise, yeah. And my problem is if it's in my house, that's it's game over. Like I have to finish oh, yeah, the bag yeah. of snakes, I have to eat the whole block of chocolate. So I'm better off almost even being out sharing something with a friend and then going home and then not being anything at home and then I can oh, c- see, I'm, I'm fine. Then. I get
1: enthusiastic at the shops. I'm like, oh my god, the colours! I love this. Country. And then I get <laughs> home and I'm already over it by the time I got home. Like I don't feel like it. Whereas
0: Stephanie's boyfriend is—he's got the sweetest tooth out of I think anyone who's ever uh, it, been in our family or entered our family. Or to the earth. He's like out of control. Oh, out of control. Yep. And Stephanie has to hide the marshmallows from him. But yep. she, you can't say the hiding place because he's going to listen to this, and then he'll be like, yeah. "That's where you've been hiding."
1: <laughs> yeah, and then the hiding place rotates.
0: Yeah. yeah oh. Well, okay. So I'm going to get into some. Well, l- I'm going to preface this. I'm going to explain to you guys, pretty much, Stephanie, who she is, what she does. Um, I'm hopefully I'm going to get it all right, but then she's going to like interrupt and correct me. But Stephanie is. She's always been like extremely. Um, fit but in a competitive sense, like she's always competed at quite a high level. You started with soccer in high school and then yeah. like early on and you were playing for the state team, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And then soon after that she was kind of – you were rowing at high school as well?
1: Yeah, finished Yeah, finished high school rowing in the rowing scene and then sort of kept in, kept in there.
0: Kept in there and then you were competing quite a lot though, yeah, like yeah, for so Queensland, was, yeah, weren't yeah,
1: you? Yeah, There was a fair, fair bit of competition there um, and that's when I – had my first dose of like real hard work and what it really took to work hard in a sport that was rowing for sure.
0: And that was when cuz with rowing there was the two weight categories and yeah, Stephanie would like I'm right going right to put right. up that photo of your weight difference. Oh yeah, my weight difference. Oh my yeah. god, I'll put that up um, so on the I Facebook finished page. I was rowing
1: lightweight when I was 21, I yep. think. Yep. And,
0: and you had to be 70 – no, 50 – 57. 57 59, kilos.
1: 59, and then a crew average of 57. So there were times where I'd have to drop down to 57. I'm sitting at like 78, 79 now. Like, yeah,
0: so Stephanie's 70 at 79 kilos now. So you can imagine how – like the difference. There's this really cool before and after photo, which I'm going to put up on the Facebook group as well, but it just shows you like the different body types and the amount of work that she had to do for both body for both, types, yeah because oh yeah. the amount of work to do that fifty seven yeah. kilos like you're having to drop so much, I remember you'd be eating like carrots, green apples, and sh- like fat free yogurt, oh, yeah, it was a three days uh, out
1: really really unhealthy diet, but when i mean i went and spoke to a lot of nutritionist, obviously, to get my diet down. And when you, if you look at that as a standalone thing, you're like, oh, wow, shit, that's a fucking eating disorder. Yeah. But given every person that I spoke to, because it was for the purpose of losing weight to compete... They don't see it as an eating disorder, even though the health ramifications are pretty much. They're pretty (laughs) fucked because I remember, like, so Stephanie
0: did very well, but then there were times where she'd finish a race and you'd black out, like you'd, like, I mean, you'd lose your vision. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was well, because you'd have no energy. You have no energy. That she's like seeing black
0: for a few minutes, which is not healthy.
1: Um, Yeah, just not having. Yeah, that was it. Was pretty pretty fucked, and not getting your period for a long time, which has ramifications on your bone density and a whole of other. Gamut of stuff as a female, which you don't want to get into.
0: Yeah, so. totally. And then, well, and we can even talk about that because Stephanie's got her masters in strength and conditioning as well, so she's yes. like really, really like she's really knowledgeable when it comes to all that kind of stuff. And um obviously, training from experience, but also from studying it. From like she's she's fucking into science like I am, and she's really <laughs> into science of the body, and I'm into science of the brain. So we get together and we're like, oh, like just, how does this connect? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should do. Can we? Is it possible to do a joint PhD? Oh my god! Imagine <gasps> exercise on the brain. That would be stop. Great. Let's look. Let's, let's research. Do let's do a joint PhD. Surely it's <laughs> a thing. We can wear the floppy hats <laughs> on the stage together. Yeah, those <laughs> fucked up PhD like <laughs> Harry Potter hats that you when you graduate. <gasps> yes. Yeah, okay, I'm going to look into that. Yeah, we'll do it just for the hat, just for the sure. lame hat. Um, I thought that's really mean <laughs> calling it a lame hat when people work so <laughs> so hard for that. Killed um, um, to wear that hat. Like yeah, yeah we'll life. do it. We'll do it one day. Um, yeah. Okay. So then, after rowing, then you were like, "Well, now I've got the option to go because I, you, it wasn't sustainable."
1: No, it wasn't. So I was actually getting sick quite regularly. The, when you first start losing weight that dramatically, it's pretty easy, and I could sort of do it through restricting a bit of food intake. And then, obviously, as I got older and I wasn't a you know high school kid anymore, and I was I stopped rowing a lightweight when I was twenty one, so I was getting a little bit older, and it was harder and harder and harder. And then it was just. Mm. You know, going to a sauna and losing seven kilos overnight and doing stupid, stupid things. So that's when I thought I, you know, need to row heavyweight. I'll just go into the openweight category. In hindsight, I should have done it properly, taken time off the sport, gotten stronger, eaten properly, gained some weight. Because
0: the girls in heavyweight sit comfortably in the 80-kilo eight, range, right? Easily, yeah, yeah, They're Like they're bigger, taller, broader. So it's kind of like you then were completely out of out of your... Depth or whatever you call yeah, it. it, yeah. And it was
1: just a, you know, bit, bit of a. I was struggling in lightweight because I was struggling to my, hold my weight down, which was obviously affecting the way I was performing because I was taking such radical measures to get it down. And then when I go into heavyweight, I'm pretty much just the same person that just ate a steak. Like that was the only mm. difference, you know. Yeah. It's not like you change your body type and change everything just by eating a little bit better.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was through that whole change during that time there was a talent transfer program where they were looking for athletes from other sports to trial for something else it was called Road to Rio and it was about a cycling program they were trying to get road cyclists and I thought I'll trial for that trialed for that and they said oh look like you did really well but we think you might be better suited to track, and they got me on to the Queensland. Yeah, because
0: ride. you were when you were still rowing. Part of your training outside of rowing was long distance cycling.
1: Yeah, we'd go. On but rides you weren't all competing.
0: Time. You were just going on these fucking hectic, hectic rides. Yeah, you, ro- you cycled Brisbane to Noosa.
1: Oh, regularly we'd cycle, cycle to Kawana, and then row. <laughs> so fucked. And then ride home. And then like, ride home. Yeah, we'd like that' full stupid on. And then do that on like a carrot. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Your body is like, feed me! Horrible! (laughs) That's so fucked up. So then, yeah, so then Steph moved from, which then meant that you were going from an endurance kind of. Yeah, endurance to uh, to sprint.
1: Yeah, sprint power. And and it was a matter of starting to put a bit of muscle on and gain weight and, yeah, learning. And
0: obviously changing your eating altogether.
1: Yeah, and changing the way the body behaves because it's gone from being an endurance athlete to being a power athlete. So yeah. it, was, it was different.
0: Yeah. And that's when like huge changes were happening in your body. You started building like all this awesome muscle mass. Yeah. Um, because you see, you guys were seeing the photo. She was lean, 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 lean muscle. Not right. just not just lean as in no fat, but like her actual, her whole physique was. Very different. Very different. Yeah. Lanky. Yeah. Lean. Looked skinny. Like you, if you saw her, you'd be like, oh, she looks skinny. Like that kind of. Description? Yeah,
1: well, I, I see it now and it makes me slightly ill. I'm, yeah. Oh, why'd you do that to
0: me? Been, yeah, 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 like, oh. <laughs> oh Whereas then she had the opportunity, obviously, in this new sport, you're building all this muscle. Yeah,
1: and it for was. For power,
0: uh, for explosive, you know. Um, yeah, and then, so okay, so then you got into track cycling. That started going really well. Yeah, moved to Sydney for it because at the time,
1: Queensland didn't have an indoor velodrome. Sydney had good track cycling programs. And then you got like a. Uh, like a so I was with the New South Wales Institute of Sport for Four years. Yeah, four like was that, years? is that a scholarship it was or what? A scholarship, a scholarship there, yeah. with so the provide you with yeah everything you need pretty much. <clears throat> Rode with them, sustain my track cycling career pretty much wrapped up. My single bike career wrapped up after a decent
0: crash at nationals where I had a solid knock on the head. So this was just before. So just to put paint the picture, she was like she was. Do you call it cycling or riding? Yeah, yeah. At like. An elite level, and she had like competed overseas, competed all around Australia. And this was kind of just before it was, wasn't it kind of, it was at nationals or heading towards the trials for Olympics or something like that? Yeah,
1: well, <clears throat> this, yeah, it was at a national championships, and I, yeah, that's when I had the crash. It was really bad. It was bad. Like, I was out for, into, like, I was out cold,
0: but as far as out out like so she had a huge concussion basically like she cuz if you guys know Velodrome, where it's that like um bowl slanted shape. bowl shaped arena and you are flying around yeah. there was a, a collision yeah, and yeah. Stephanie fell down the track which we'll post means the that video. <laughs> I'm going to I've got to post the video can you send me the video and I'll post it on yeah, the yeah, Facebook group it's so fucked. her head bounces off the floor so you huge...
1: were studying your undergrad at that time. Yeah, like I think I was. Still, yes, or you had
0: finished. Well, I had or just finished my
1: undergrad. Because yeah. you were the one that was like, "You need to do this. You need to do that. This is what's happened." Like I'm like, "This is what's happened in your brain.
0: You've got like you've got uh, um, synaptic shearing on the sides of your head, and yeah, this and yeah, that." Yeah. And it's... then you went to the doctor, and you're like, "Hey, you were right." I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right." Um, yeah,
1: but I was I was as far as memory loss and getting back to normal. It was all probably about six months in total. Yeah. from where um, I could distinctly remember. Okay, I'm now starting to
0: feel, and it was fucked because there was a period of time where you were off work, you weren't driving. Yeah, I like was, it was I'm,
1: full on job seeker with a medical exemption because I didn't want to get disability payments and I couldn't actually work. Yeah, it was it was it was bad. It was bad, and then and also after,
0: really disheartening at the same time because that kind of threw any chance of the Olympics.
1: Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, I, I yeah, it was well it threw any chance of going for Olympic trials. Yeah, <laughs> I think the girls were well and truly set. The ones that were going. But yeah. yeah, it would have been good to have a.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then obviously because you couldn't be racing, you couldn't be on the track for months after that. Of course, yeah. So then you pretty much retired, sing- not retired, but you kind of stopped doing
1: yeah, single. Yeah, stopped doing single bike. We went to America, in America, we were riding around and I actually realised stepping off a bike, my knee did a really floppy thing. I'm like, oh, what was that? And then it sort of swelled up. Long story short, found out I actually ruptured my ACL in that crash. <laughs> so I had to get that... But I didn't know because I had no idea. I had a brain injury for six months, so I didn't. Because you weren't training again, doing anything. So yeah, when I came back to Australia, that's when I had the ACL repaired, rehabbed that, and then got an opportunity to pilot the tandem, which is a able-bodied rider on the front and a visually impaired rider on the back. Uh, Did that. We went to World Championships. We finished fourth. Unfortunately, we did qualify fastest though, which was great. Um, that's so that good. Was with Jess Gallagher, who is absolutely amazing athlete. She's a, she started off in downhill skiing as a visually impaired Whoa. athlete. Insane, insane. Uh, no, sorry, athletics, then downhill mm. and then um cycling, Spr- and she's now Spr- rowing. So oh, she's four, rowing now. Times, oh amazing.
0: Four, four different sports, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. She's, she's amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. And then so then that kind of came to an end. You did you you were riding with her for about a year? Yeah, yeah. And then Oh, while funny. all that was happening, Stephanie got into the firefighters so she yeah, and so which is that's a process. Pretty much why that came
1: to an end. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I ended up having to go to recruit school, so. So <laughs> she went
0: to recruit school and that's like months of training and then now she's a firefighter. Fucking loves it.
1: Love it. Best job in the world if anyone's considering it. Yeah, definitely do. If it. anyone's
0: considering being a firefighter, Let's do a little like chat on the Facebook group, talk about it, ask questions, because Stephanie's like the biggest advocate. She's like, I'm a scout, I'm a scout for them. (laughs) That's it. So then she was being a firefighter, not competing in anything at an elite level anymore, but training heavily. You were really into like um, weightlifting weightlifting at the gym? I
1: was doing some, you know, riding with my boyfriend. But Stephanie's version
0: of like, I was just weightlifting is like, she goes hard when she trains. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I ended up. Randomly qualifying for nationals so in had,
0: weightlifting, the psychopath. So she was like, "Oh, compete lol, on this like little event, and then qualifies for nationals." <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I thought like in I like what the clean and jerk
0: or something. It's snatch and clean and jerk. Snatch, yes, clean, yeah, so it's the two lifts.
1: Um, yeah, and so I went to nationals. That was fun. Didn't do so well. Um, but by the time I had gone to nationals, that's when the bobsled thing had already.
0: Yeah, yeah so, so I qualified
1: for nationals, and a few weeks later, we're like, "Oh, yeah, cool. I'll go to nationals." Then that's when I got roped into bobsled. <laughs> bobsled.
0: So now Stephanie's currently on the Australian team, on the bobsled team, um, yep. and it was kind of, so you were selling a bike and it just happened by –
1: Well, my like, boyfriend was selling a bike to an ex-bobsledder who was looking for brakeman for my now pilot, who's the driver. And he – my boyfriend was saying, oh, bobsled, cool, what do you have to do to be good at that? And the guy was saying, oh, pretty much weightlifting and sprinting, and Clayton's kind of like, oh – my girlfriend was a sprint cyclist, and they sort of got talking. And anyway, I started receiving all these bobsleigh-related messages. And <laughs> I messenger. like, the fuck what is... And I was going to reply, being like, oh, you fucking got the wrong number.
0: Because <laughs> 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 Clayton's given them your number. Yeah, he's
1: just like, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and yeah, Clayton's like, oh, well, you're going to receive all these bobsleigh messages. Just say yes, just say yes, just do it, do it, do it. So he pushed me. Clayton's always pushed me to do stuff that a normal partner probably wouldn't push there. Yeah, he's
0: partner. always been so – he's backed everything you've backed done. backed
1: everything, yeah. He's like, yeah, 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 okay, f- overseas for four months, just slide around and
0: you know, yeah. chase the
1: European winter. Because then, you, you
0: got in – that was all around August last year. Yeah. And then within two months you were in Germany for the, about four months. Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, yeah, November last year, headed over and then came back afterwards in, in February. So, yeah, it was amazing, amazing and heading off. Unfortunately, I recently had knee surgery again – Uh, For the third time. (laughs) Fourth Fourth time. time For the fourth time. (laughs) Um, Three weeks ago. And so I I had to unfortunately delay my trip. uh, My team's already over there. They've just started a training camp. So I will. You're going to join them next month? No, no, no. no. Well, next month. Yeah, November. November, November. yeah. So So in about a month. Ish. Uh, no, less, like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, let's Shit. not talk about it because I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're like, oh, my God, oh my God still got so much stuff to organise. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so crazy. Yeah, and then you don't get back until March, probably. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so this is really, like, intense. So you can imagine how much she's done. We're talking, you know, at an elite level you're talking um, rowing, then cycling, well, weightlifting and bobsled. Yeah. She's a firefighter. She's got her masters in strength and conditioning. So she's, like fucking intense. She's hardcore. I'm just going to pull up. I want to say before I start asking the questions, I want to make sure I've got them all. Okay, so I'm going to start asking you some questions from the listeners. From the Um, listeners? Yes. So I put it up on my Instagram and I asked. You hid me? No, I didn't hide you. I tagged you in it. What? I didn't see this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was tagging you in all of them. Yeah, so I just said, I explained like what you're all about. And because this podcast is what it it's about what it takes. Yep. So I was saying, you know, if anyone's got any questions r- around motivation or setting a goal and getting there or, or the road to that goal, sure. then you're the perfect person to ask. So, first question How do you find balance, firefighting, and fitness?
1: Oh, they're highly compatible. So we work 24 hour shifts. Uh, two 24 hour shifts in an eight day period. And then, so that will go a 24 on 24 off 24 on, and then we get a five day weekend. So with the five day weekend, yeah, it's pretty easy to fit in a fair bit of training. Yeah. <laughs> a fair you, bit of work. you do a lot. And a we lot also have a lot of opportunities to <clears throat> train at work. We do have a gym at the station and that's encouraged. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, how do you stay motivated for uni? I guess when you were studying and not stress about everything you need to complete for the week.
1: oh yeah block your time block your time (laughs) maybe just plan and yeah it would be training from this time to this time it'd be work from this time and then sit down and and study so what
0: I do and I think it'd be similar to you because you and I don't do a nine-to-five job yeah what I normally do now recently especially ever since I resigned from my most recent quote-unquote job is that in the mornings I kind of roughly schedule a timetable for the day oh yeah because if I don't then I can get, the days that I don't, I'm feeling a little bit flat, a little bit all over the place because I haven't set myself tasks to get through. <clears throat> and even if I don't get through the task, I end it at the time that I've, that I've allocated for it. So for example, I'll do like 90 minutes towards podcast planning, um, an hour towards this, to. an hour to. towards studying, and I block it out and I factor in my break time as well. So that way I can like have that rest, eat something, yeah. um, you know, it's so... I'm not absolutely smashing myself, but I've got an idea of kind of like how how many hours I want to be allocating to each task. Yeah, and
1: having an idea is great, and and understanding that it might blow out a little bit. Like you get a bit caught up in in study, and you're like, oh, oh, oh wow, like I've
0: yeah, ooh, okay. yeah. Oh, or if you're on a roll, yeah, you're like, I can't drop it now because I'm like, I'm really, I'm really into it. Or, I'm into it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have finally got my head around something, and I mm. just want to get get it in, and yeah, like that's definitely definitely happened to me a million times, which Totally is great, which I love it. I'm like, this is amazing. But, I mean, I would also have – I would have these planned power naps. Um, yes. Stephanie's yeah.
0: like the, the like gold medal napper in the world. Nap- <laughs> oh, amazing,
1: yeah. I, it's just – it's so important. <clears throat> nap like a boss. Mm. And also, I would – if I was struggling with study, I would be like, all right, 15-minute power nap. Easily lie yeah. down and wake up with an epiphany. I swear to God. Yeah. I would wake up. I'm like, I've got it. I've got it. I've worked it out. In – My nap is weird. Yeah, yeah. And it would happen – it happened randomly a few times and then I would schedule it and it happens when you schedule it. Yeah, and sleep is
0: like such a good way for that. Sleep is a really good way to like come to conclusions with things, to increase – like to improve your memory because what happens when you're awake and you're focusing is you start getting like all these like – without getting way too technical to break it down, they're kind of like little particles essentially. And when you sleep, that's kind of the – the, the, it, it's like a sweep through of the brain and yeah. it clears up all this stuff. The The vessels get wider so it's more of a highway to clear up all, like through the fluids. So your brain's doing a lot of work when you're sleeping, but it's all in like clearing and consolidating memory and all of that. So any pathways that were kind of weak when you're studying get strengthened when you sleep. Yeah, yeah. So that's and why that's, I, like, that's, you that's wake up. that's actually how our relationship, I'm like, I just do this.
1: <laughs> Alexis, how does this work? <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the other day when I was talking about like GABA on the brain. Yeah. And then you're like, so if I supplement with GABA... So i we <laughs> just having to pause the podcast. I've got to call the now. <laughs> so how does this work? And then everything to do with like physical anatomy, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should yeah. write like a textbook. Um, okay. In situations where you feel defeated, what strategies do you use to remain determined?
1: Oh, that's tough because defeat can be hard, especially obvious defeat in sport is extremely obvious you it's it's measurable you can see it um it's just coming back to your original goals and you know actually understanding why you're doing it in the first place Mm. Um, the why is so important you know and I I lost that when I was cycling I really really did because I remember when I first started it was just joy and I loved it and racing was fun Mm -hmm. everything was fun and my why was completely different to towards the end when it's like if I don't get this time if I don't get this time i oh my god oh my god oh my god my god and it was panic and I remember I stopped enjoying racing and it's like why am I no longer enjoying this you mm. know, if you get beat if you if you feel down if you don't achieve what you were set out to achieve it um it would really break me down it was I felt so defeated but that's because I completely lost my why. yeah you know I, I completely lost what it was that I was getting joy like what we're – I used to love it. Why yeah. am I now stressing yeah. so hard? And
0: then I think what would happen then is then when you would achieve the time, it would probably just be relief. It was not pure even relief, not even pure joy relief. or happiness. No, you know, no longer. Joy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was it was pure relief. Um, and
0: yeah. then you're thinking this shouldn't be stress relief. Stress relief. It should be. I should be enjoying the process of yeah. this whole thing. I mean, thing.
1: recently it was the 20 year anniversary of Kathy Freeman's race. Yeah, and you see it. they ran a million times on TV and and same thing with her. She speaks about that. She said it was relief. Yeah. And I'm like, can you imagine at that level? At that level when it's like should be the happiest moment. Imagine the Mm. pressure on that woman and it was, yeah, Yeah. pure relief. And, I mean, she obviously enjoyed what she did. She talks about the fact that she enjoyed it. But a lot of people lose that and Mm. it's constantly coming back to why am I doing this, why am I doing this, you know. And that's with so much experience in those sports is definitely what I've learnt with Bob Say. Um, there are a lot of sacrifices, especially going overseas. And it's tough. But yeah, coming back to why am I doing this? And what Mm. joy I derive from it is definitely how to deal with overcoming something that's a hurdle.
0: Because then also one thing that I wanted to tap on is how you are competitively, because Stephanie is really competitive. But at the same time, you're the kind of person that enjoys competing with the best. Like you... Oh, definitely. If, if there's, like, an absolute gun gold medalist who's better than you, you're like, that's who I want to compete against, even if it means I can't win, but I'd rather compete against the best and have that experience doing my best and yeah. that way you just, yeah, I think.
1: Oh, I'd rather lose against the best than win against people that are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you learn more. You and, and at the end of the day, I'm extremely intrinsically motivated with competition and all that sort of stuff. I'd rather do better than what I did yesterday than better than the person next to me. Yeah. at the end of the day. Can you break,
0: let's explain that, intrinsic versus.
1: So intrinsic, extrinsic would be doing something, I don't know, for a medal or money or someone saying I want you to do this or you're doing it for someone else. Intrinsic is an internal desire to want to achieve something. Yeah, and more that, like you said, like like,
0: um, beating your time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if. I do love comp- competing with someone else. I absolutely love it because it does push you. Um, but it wouldn't faze me if I don't have someone next to me to compete. I yeah. will still be able to push my – I don't need
0: So that. you would rather beat your time than do a worse time and beat someone next to you? Exactly. Oh, yeah. 100%, 100 times over, yeah. 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 Um, although having someone who
1: is world class next to you Will always push you harder. A hundred percent. Yeah, which so, would be amazing because yeah.
0: you're probably going to push to a level that maybe you haven't. Well, pushed some people.
1: I take that back. Some people aren't actually pushed harder. Some people go, oh, "This is out of my league," and
0: so why bother? Step, why bother? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so I think you do have to have a, quite a high level of intrinsic drive mm. to then have someone else. To be motivated to, by yeah, that. that. Yeah. That's right. For yeah. that to drive you. And that. then
0: I think that then changes your experience because if you were that kind of person like you were before in cycling, of like, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Yeah. If I do well, it's relief, it's not joy. Then you probably are freaking out if you're pitted against the best Yeah. because that feels like a threat, whereas the way you're looking at it is this is now an opportunity. You That's don't right. look at it as a threat.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an opportunity and an opportunity to learn and look at someone who's better than you you and doing well something yeah happening. if
0: they're the best then that's it like exactly yeah and, and talk to
1: people yeah people are so afraid to talk to people you know, yeah in every facet not just sport but if there's someone better at you at work
0: ask. that's them, what I, I say them. all the time and I even spoke about this on the jealousy podcast because I was talking about if you feel jealous or threatened by someone it's only because I genuinely believe it's because you and your head have created a divide between you and them if oh, you were sure. to open up that that you know, conversation with them or if you were to approach them and just be vulnerable and say, look, I'll be honest with you, like I'd love to be where you are or I'd love to, you know, more often than not their response is going to be amazing, you know. They're going to open up a conversation and it will go from jealousy and competitiveness to a mentor possibly. Yeah, and no one shuts someone off that comes up to them. I mean, no.
1: I've, I've never heard of someone that has. No way. And if psychotic. they are,
0: then be gone. Because <laughs> I'm going to
1: get rid of them. <laughs>
0: Bad Step energy. Away. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Definitely, yeah. Amazing. Okay, next question. How do you get out of an unproductive rut and stop feeling guilty for it?
1: Uh, occasionally I will have an unproductive day and I will schedule an unproductive day and that's a scheduled thing. Yeah. Um, by the end of the day of not, training, not doing much, having a really and it's I schedule a lazy day and once every two weeks. It's it's relatively often. It's yeah. often enough that by the end of the day, I'm sick of my own shit. I'm like, yeah. fuck this. I've watched <laughs> enough TV, I've lain yeah. around enough. And that you're so ready the next I'm day. I'm so wired the next day. Just scheduling an unproductive day, and that's that's, that's you know, coincides with my day off of training. Coincides with a day off of work. Um, usually between my shifts. I'll, yeah. Or after a shift, I'll try. Like to schedule that 24 that. hours in between. Yeah, the 24 yeah. hours in between is a good good day for that. Um, yeah, and it's just. You, I get over myself. I'm like you, disgusting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, damn so so horrible. How unproductive you haven't even made your bed. Like, yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah. Nothing, well, nothing. that's probably not a bad idea actually, it's because not,
1: because it gives you that it gives you that
0: time. Yeah, and it gives um, you that push because I'm I'm the same. Well, I don't schedule it. Maybe I should actually because if I have a really unproductive day, just by chance or whatever, then I am like the next day. I'm like that's it, and I wake up extra yeah, early. Yeah. I'm springing out of bed, ready. Yeah.
1: Oh, Clayton, my boyfriend knows it. He's like, "Is today a pajama day?"
0: <laughs> yes, it is. You're like moping around the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, like, yeah. And I even hold off, like, oh, I should vacuum. I'm like, no, no, hold off, hold off, hold off. And yeah. you give yourself a a complete day of just being a slob. Just that's that's your scheduled rest day. And it's not like it's every week. Yeah, um, maybe every, every, every two, two weeks. weeks yeah, every, you know. Um, but yeah, you you do notice that you. Are really driven after that you're like sweet okay today I get to vacuum today I get to do this you know yeah like, and oh, it's that yeah thing.
0: and it is, that's the same. and it is the it's changing the language around it and Taria Pitt that woman who you know the marathon runner that yeah. was caught in the fire I went to one of her talks and she talks about the difference between if you just change your language to I have to I have to to I get to oh
1: yeah your yeah.
0: attitude is so different in the morning because, yeah, you're able to look at it a little bit differently because she was like, I could be uh, dead or losing, have lost limbs, but here I am, you know, getting to do all this shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I might not love it, but it's still exactly. something yeah. I can do. Yeah,
1: I think I think if you expect 100% from you all the time, you're going to have days where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm mentally flat. So instead of feeling bad for that, just schedule it, and then the next day and then it's part of your timetable. Yeah, it's part of your timetable. You've scheduled it. You're like, this is my day. I don't have anything booked for this day. I don't have anything planned for that day. I'm not training that day. It is my day off. It is going to be a proper day off. Yeah. And uh, and then your productivity the other days goes up because yeah, that's hey, so true. And then the next day you're like, sweet, I get to get back to my normal schedule. Yeah. I yeah. am a sucker for a schedule though. And yeah. Being up early and doing things. Well, yeah, Steven
0: is like a crazy early, early, early bird.
1: Yeah, I love it. I like love you it. wake up at between well, a late morning normally is about five thirty, <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, four four thirty is is, is four thirty really. between four thirty and five thirty a.m. Yeah. is when not you wake. <laughs> <laughs> P.M. P.M. on the pyjama day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's so good. Uh, let's see. Where is an adjudicator? Okay, so someone, okay, moving past failure. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. Yeah, it depends what you consider failure though. It
0: because,
1: really yeah, does. if you were
0: to rewrite what your version of failure is, Yeah, well, then that's maybe. It. I
1: think may- maybe when I was younger, like, Early twenties, I probably would have considered failure to be a completely different thing. Mm. Now it's, yeah, it's so different to what I would consider then. Failure now would be to give up,
0: to To like completely, yeah, so too hard and 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 I I think failure would be if you wanted it but thought it was too hard and gave up. Yeah. Versus if you're like. I've milked this for what I can. It's no longer serving me. I'm grateful for what it brought exactly, me yep. and I'm going to let it go. That's yeah, not yep. failure in, because you have made a conscious decision that it's no longer serving you Yeah, well, anymore. it's like,
1: have you heard of the deathbed test? Uh, a death, deathbed's pretty harsh. but like, <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> What is it? It's like, if you were on your deathbed tomorrow, would you regret this decision? Yeah, um, yeah, well, And totally. I use that a lot and I use that when decisions are hard. It's like, would I regret doing this or not doing this? Yeah. And that... If I know that I'm going to regret something and I don't do it, that's already failing. If I do something and it doesn't succeed, it's still an experience that counts. Stuff that I thought was failures when I was younger Mm. are all part of this just collective experiences that I've had that have led to everything. everything, you're doing now. Absolutely everything I do now, yeah. And um, I wouldn't trade it, really. So I guess it's if you're not – if you don't regret it or you weren't going to regret it or you know that you're not going to regret it and you didn't and it didn't work out – It's a learning experience. It's not a failure. Yeah, 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 totally.
0: And you might still be a little bit bummed that something didn't work out. Yeah, be bummed. You completely can be bummed. Be bummed but then look at it as like a wonder – and so this is what I used to say especially or even with like things that I wasn't physically doing like a breakup even where you're feeling so flat but I would say to myself – you know, especially after the first big breakup where I was like absolutely heartbroken, then I pulled myself out of it. The second breakup wasn't nowhere near as bad with yeah, with fun. the most recent boyfriend. But even then I remember saying to myself, Oh, I'm so excited to get to that point. Like I wonder when I can look back on this and say Thank you for this happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like because I w- I would try and get myself in the headspace of like, yes, this is fucked, but I'm so curious to know what I will learn from this. Like and what changes really are going to happen? Because mm.
1: that's not even your failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or what you would consider a failure. Yeah,
0: that's something that was done to me, or something that happened to me. Yeah. But yeah, so if you can look at it, and that that goes like I used to do acting and auditioning and all of that. Um, and while it's not failing, it's like a rejection of your. But that's that's the whole what you
1: identify as failure.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then you kind of feel like, fuck, I'm not getting anything. But now looking back, I'm like, I'm sure I gained so much skill from all those auditions that I never got. And that skill from rejection. Skill from rejection and just picking yourself back up and realising that there's so many factors to it that, you know. Oh, something that you were talking about with bobsled is that when it comes to setting goals, and this is a really good one, when it comes to setting goals, you have to set really – Like you were talking about focusing on like instead of...
1: Uh, um, Yeah, like being focused on the process.
0: On the process and how and breaking the goals down into smaller things. Instead of thinking, I want silver, then you'll be like, no, I want this this start time or something. Well,
1: no, no, not even start time because start time is also out of your control. What can you control is how you get that start time, Mm. right? So how do I my physical actions to achieve that. And that that I learnt from years of what I was saying before about stressing and being lonely relieved when I get a certain time in cycling. I'm like, oh, When I, so much I, is I not in your control. Time. Time. Well, that's not in my control, is it? So I'm now stressing on something that's out of my control instead of being focused on the things that are in my control. Yeah. Um, you know, I can I – can, I, I know how to – you know, in cycling, for example, climb the track, wind, Like you do that at training all the time. Mm. They're the things you need to focus on. If you get the whole process right, then the result will come. But why stress about the result, which is out of your control? Yeah. And it's hard because it's, it's actually hard to apply that to a lot of areas in your life where there, aren't, uh, when there isn't a measurable result. Yeah. But it does apply. Um, it definitely does apply.
0: That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. It's kind of like that idea of, you know, like with me, for example, with the podcast, I can't, I can't choose how many downloads I'm going to get. I can't control that. No matter not. how good I try and make it, no matter how much work I do to promote it, I cannot control yeah. the downloads. I cannot or control who's listening, review or like... what the review is going to be. You know, you can never please everyone or either some people are going to love you and some people aren't going to care or some people are going to hate you. It is what it is. So for me, I know for a fact that if I dedicate two hours of planning time before an episode, I know I feel better about the episode than if I try and just record it willy-nilly, you know. So that, that's something yeah, that's I can process, definitely control. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like dedicated time, allocated time to something and then and I the feel so much better. And the reduction in anxiety as yeah. well, yeah. Yeah. you know,
1: because if you're thinking about the end product of something – and that's all you're focusing your time on, something they you have no control. It's like stressing about and the weather. And it takes weather. the
0: passion out of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All you do is stress and there's nothing you can do about it instead of picking the things you can control. Mm. It's the difference between stressing about the weather and actually con- going, I'll just take a raincoat with me. Yeah. You know, like yeah, 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 control totally. the things around you and the uncontrollables won't be so stressful.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about also um, accountability as well, because yeah. I think that... For Okay, so, guys, Stephanie is – she holds herself so accountable and also other people around her. So even with me, like, I'm pretty good with accountability, pretty good, but I feel the most accountable for my shit when I'm talking to you about stuff.
1: Well, if, yeah, it's the same with me to you, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So every time I'm about to say something, if I'm about to formulate an excuse, I actually intercept it being like, all that is is a fucking excuse.
1: Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I mean – Growing up, I was excuse merchant. Like, mm. it was just like, yeah, I would – yeah, I was all over not taking ownership and blaming things in the early – like, even in sport, it's like, oh, I had this niggle or I had that or I had that. And it's like, just take ownership. It didn't work for you that day. Yeah, it just Whatever didn't it work.
0: And that's part of being an athlete. Like, if you're going to blame it on all it's the external things, that's part yeah. of <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, it's part of life.
1: Definitely. Like, you know, take ownership of the stuff that didn't work for you. And it's either – Look at it as to it didn't work and then tell yourself why it didn't work. There's nothing I hate more than and I even I don't do it. I well, I don't want to say I don't do it, I try really hard not to do it, I try to pull myself mm. up on it. If I say, Oh, I wasn't able to do this, but that day my back, my back was really sore Yeah, yeah, oh, I, <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. And and no, like that is people hate to hear that yeah. begin to Like it's it's boring. Like no yeah. one cares about it. It's like your no back. one
0: cares because like, you don't know if the winner. Also had a back problem exactly. that day. Exactly. You know, like yeah.
1: no one cares. It's boring. And secondly, it makes you look like you just take zero ownership of your shit. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Deal with your back problems another day. For the next thing, for that the you're next thing. Up, yeah. You know, just whatever. It didn't work for me today. Be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that you use internally for your own review as to why it didn't work. Maybe I should manage my back pain better. Whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. To and that's an internal thing, but I wouldn't. Voicing that stuff is Mm. voicing your lack of ownership as well. And you're telling that to yourself every time you make an excuse for anything.
0: Yeah. And then you're reinforcing those patterns. Like you're reinforcing like, oh, I feel relief when I make up a reason as to why it didn't like you you almost like soothe yourself in the moment but then it's long-term not beneficial at all. people
1: that do that or when you do that, you think that you're fooling the other person? But yeah. the other
0: person sees right through that. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm sure. You're <laughs> like, here, whatever. Whatever, whatever. We're like, it's okay. so much better. And not, And the funny thing is I think we fear judgment or we fear that people think we're less. But I've never thought less of someone when they've been fully 100% accountable. If anything, I've respected them more. Like, oh, of course. Like even if someone at a massively elite level might not do well at whatever it is that they're doing, then they'll be like, that one didn't work out for me. No excuses, no bullshit. They're probably yep. going to go and assess it later in their head. Yeah, yeah. They're not there being like, Like, (laughs) every time you watch
1: an interview with an athlete from the Olympics, right? Mm. And they say, excuse, 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 you know, that's why I didn't do well. Everyone's like, "Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, when
0: they're up front, like you said, it's like, oh, yeah. People, like you respect it. People realise, like, wow, that is being human. Yeah. You know, hurdles are going to crop up no matter what, but they're just being like, today, it didn't work. Yeah. I'm not going to start talking about the whys or the this or the that. or the, It's not relevant. The only pe- person that it might be relevant to is your fucking, you know, if you're an athlete, your fucking physio. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like,
1: exactly. You know, yeah. but
0: stop telling everyone, you know, shit. People
1: generally don't care, <laughs> really, at the end of the day. No. They, don't, they don't care and all they see they is lack of ownership, lack of ownership, you know, excuse, yeah. excuse, excuse. That's all the other person sees. Yeah. And, and that's the... all you're telling yourself as well. Exactly. I didn't do this because of this excuse. No, fuck your shit. Just take ownership.
0: Yeah, and, and I think people think that when it comes to ownership, you should only own it if you were the cause of it, but I'm like, no. So, for example, if someone, if you've been like backstabbed or hard done by, by someone and you genuinely were the victim of the scenario yes. and then someone came and hurt you and whatever, you still own your recovery, you know? Yes. So it's that idea of like even though I didn't cause this pain, if I sit here and start being like, but that person hurt me and I can't bring my walls down because that person, that person, you're the only one suffering. They've moved on. They're probably out there living their best lives. Half the time someone who's hurt you doesn't even know that they've hurt you that bad. So you have yeah. to take fucking ownership over what you're now going to do. If you sit here sure. and complain and point fingers and whinge, even if you genuinely own the right to do that, you're wasting your own time. Yeah, but that's every time you point a
1: finger you're wasting time. Yeah. At anything. Yeah. You know, oh, I couldn't study because. Yeah. Well, you, you just like, didn't study that day. Take ownership. Do better next time.
0: Yeah, you know, exactly. Or ch- change, change, change change, your something. surroundings. Yeah. Change something. Do something different because, yes, you can point that finger. Great. Now what have you achieved? You know, now you're probably fired up. You've probably worked yourself up and getting annoyed. take
1: the focus away on what you can do to do better.
0: Yeah. You've pointed the finger, you know, I
1: didn't do X because of this – and you've taken the focus away on how can i do what i was supposed to do better yeah. or how can i change my surroundings or do whatever like yeah. that's what you should be focusing on not oh why why didn't it happen doesn't matter doesn't matter why it not it doesn't didn't matter happen. why Fix
0: it. and then what and then all these excuses as to why people haven't actioned something yet, that's a really big one. Like when they say I want to try something but then they're not. Someone who's really good to talk about this is Lucy Yeah, because Lucy is one of those people that innately in her, if she has an idea, she actions it. She doesn't think if it fails, What? okay, it failed. If it succeeds, amazing, I'll keep going. But it's so ingrained in her that if there's someone talking to her about actioning something, she'll literally be like, I feel like this is the third time you've mentioned it. Why have you not? Like for her, her it doesn't compute yeah, being like stop it. talking about it. You either action it or shut up. Yeah, it's great. it's <laughs> yeah. awesome. She's like, I don't want to hear it again. This is the third time you're telling me about your plan.
1: Yeah, but that's why she gets shit done. She
0: fucking gets shit. Like yeah. she's a hustler. Yeah. Yeah. No, because she's really. just like, I'm going to try it. And then and yeah, they'll the decide, thing, but you know. she
1: tries it all the time. I mean, I don't know how many failures in inverted commas she's mm. had versus how many successes. But every time she has a failure, and I'm doing bunny ears. Yeah, <laughs> every, every time she has a failure, it's a learning experience. And she's probably learnt that the more failures she yeah. has, the more successes she's exactly. going to have because every idea is not going to succeed.
0: That's right. That's right. Bunny ears. And she's also always going to be trying things. And there's always been setbacks as well, but she's not going to make excuses for herself. Like there's the things that she's wanted to launch 12 months earlier than what she launched it, but she's like, I, and she said, I have no excuse She's yeah. just there, being like, "Get it done." You yeah, know, yeah, so Well, it's, that's fine, it's that idea. But that's constantly taking ownership.
1: That's, Always, yeah. yeah. And, and then like,
0: eventually, still pulling through and doing as much as she can, or actually doing it. You and know?
1: people don't realize it's not a, not victimy, but everything is on you. Everything yeah. is on you. Everything in your life is on you. And if you take that, mm. it's a lot easier to get shit done. Yeah, you know, definitely. You feel like you've got more control. Yeah,
0: definitely. Because then. Yeah, I, and I'm the same. Like I do feel I've got more control and I actually feel when something doesn't go my way, because I understand what I can do and what I can't do and what I can focus on, what I do have control and what I don't have control over, I'm a lot less hurt or feel like I've, I'm, I've, it's a setback yeah. than in the past. Yeah, definitely. When I felt that things, you know, were being done to me or I was the victim of a situation or oh, it didn't work because X, Y, Z, you know. Yeah. So that's – Yeah. Um, okay, next question. Um, <laughs> this is from Amber. Woo, Who is this Steph's favorite up? This is our cousin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh no! I Definitely love Amber. My <laughs> Amber, has that question. I love you, Amber. <laughs> oh I oh love
0: my Jared. god! <laughs> uh, and Jared, <laughs> and all the prakers. Um, morning routine and morning hacks to have a productive day. Because I've got that as well. Like I'll oh. set my first thirty minutes. Yep. And that kind of sets the mood of my day. If I wake yeah. up and start scrolling through Instagram straight away, I'm like, boom, that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, morning routine. So my morning routine, unfortunately, because of my work pattern, is not a set morning routine, which I would absolutely love. There's some mornings where I wake up at 4, 4.15 and mm. other mornings where it's 5.30. And then the 7.30 morning.
0: <laughs> the one. <laughs> the one morning.
1: <laughs> um, Yeah, but my one morning routine, I like to get up immediately. If I'm not working, it, it's get up, glass of water, a little bit of housework to get moving, and then it would be like you know, go and train, go and do whatever. Like, mm. there were, I went through a really awesome phase of 4 a.m. wake-ups constantly and yeah. I cut that back, but it was like I was running out of housework to do, it, and I
0: told you. Like Stephanie was once, <laughs> so she's got these leather couches. Stephanie was once moisturising her leather couch at four thirty in the morning. Clayton, her boyfriend, walks <laughs> out and he's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, and She's like, "I'm moisturising the couch, Clayton." Earn the sunrise, <laughs> yeah. you have to. I was running
1: out of housework to do in the morning, and it's great. Like chuck a potty on, do a bit of half an hour of housework yeah. and by then you've, you know, you've had your glass of water, you've had, you know, a bit of movement mm. and you're ready to actually have some break or train and, have you know, anyway, yeah. that's when your day can start after a little bit of moving.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, I find that massively makes a difference for me. So I'll wake up, the first thing I do is drink a huge glass of water, yeah. like hydrate the brain, hydrate your – and my eyes are really dry in the mornings, I don't know why, no. so hydrate my eyeballs. Um, huge glass of water and then I'll do like a quick – just a 10 minute meditation, whether it's guided or yeah, not. I'll meditate at 9 o'clock. <laughs> 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. Oh, that's good. If I haven't meditated
1: by 9, I get a reminder on my phone and I'm like, oh, that's my meditation time.
0: I highly recommend, yeah, I think yeah. everyone should meditate 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. Minutes. And even if you don't consider it, a lot of people think, Oh, meditating. But make it a mindful minute. Even if you just set your timer. Like, if you feel that you cannot focus, train your brain like you train a muscle. Like, sit down one minute timer on yeah. your phone we and just be still. We had the other day why yeah. people have
1: different expectations for their mind than they have for their body. Yeah. You know, for their brain. Um, why is it that Why we is give, it? we're patient with our body? Like you, you said yeah. the other day, you would never walk into a gym having never been to a gym before and be like, lift 100 kilos. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you would never you would expect never that of yourself and you would never feel shit about yourself if you couldn't do it. Yet you say to someone, meditate for 10 minutes. They're like, no, I tried and I couldn't do it. Well, of course you can't. Of course you can't. It's fine <laughs> to not be able to do it. It's like trying to lift 100 kilos when you've never done it before. That's right. Logical. You, you It literally trains just like a muscle because yeah. it's technically the same pathways. Your muscles fire because of neural connections. Yeah, yeah. You've got the nerves that travel from the brain to the muscle. This is the same, only it just stays within the brain. Exactly. That's the only difference. But you're using the same um, system to yeah. train a muscle as you would train We're your so harsh focus. Yeah. So We're very harsh. harsh. And I was talking <laughs> about like people always – talking about their mind as the their enemy, it's like your mind is doing everything that you've consciously or subconsciously asked of it in the past. Exactly. So if if you've been – and it's not – again, it's not about blame, 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 but it's take ownership. If you've been in a situation where you're one of those people that whether you mean to or not, you always spiral and spiral and spiral and then you tu- – and then but you allow that um, and then you turn around and say, oh – my mind does this to me, my mind, my mind, then what's it going to be? Your enemy, you of know. Of course you've
1: created your own enemy.
0: you created your own enemy in you your mind. You can build your own hero. Like, I mean. Exactly. Yeah. You can turn it around. You can turn things around. And sometimes it takes adversity. It takes going through something to realise what you're capable of. Like, I respect myself and my mind after shit that I've been through, more than I did before.
1: Exactly, and that's going back to those failures. Yeah, (laughs) it goes back to
0: the failures. You're able to be like, I'm actually so much more resilient than I realised, or wow, like I was able to, yeah, okay, the first situation was fucked, but the second time that it went wrong, I picked myself up so much faster. Exactly, yeah. You start learning about yourself, your level of respect goes up. So it's funny that... People think that I'll end up respecting myself less if I fail. But you respect yourself more and like a fail in quotations because you respect yourself not for winning but for how quickly you can pick yourself back up, you know. Yeah, and also how much you can learn from that experience as well. And what you can change for the future. Like if that didn't work, okay, okay. What, what can I do differently next time? Yeah, yeah. And then you start like feeling that's where personally, that's where I think where healthy self-love comes from, yeah, for sure. um, that idea of it's all all to do with working towards something and growth, yeah. I don't think I don't think you can be truly happy if you're not in some facet of your life growing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a human need. Yeah, to grow and also to have connection, whether it's with humans or animals, but, yeah. like, that idea of, like, a, a community. Like, yeah. we die you if we, we don't have – well, it's, yeah. yeah it's, it's
1: a survival need.
0: Though. It Like, it literally is. Um, okay. How do you judge what sacrifice is worth it?
1: What sacrifice – a deathbed test, for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Deathbed test,
1: yeah. definitely. Um, would I regret something more than something else? Yeah. Um, I guess I've had enough past experiences to know what I would regret more than yeah. what I wouldn't. Yeah. Um a lot of it is experience. I don't think I would have felt this way or thought this way in my early 20s definitely. No, not way. For sure. no. I had way. To conquer everything yeah. and do everything and um I was not as intrinsically motivated as I am now. Mm. Um
0: as I've, I've I completely agree really with you on that intrinsic thing. Completely. For me it's only been in the last like maybe three years that I've been intrinsically motivated yeah, yeah. versus I was always – it was always about an external, you know, thing to occur for me to think that I've won or achieved something.
1: Yeah, it's not, not just won or achieve something, but it's do I do it or do I not? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, what would someone think or would they think good of me or bad of me? And I've always never really given a shit, really, mm. to a certain extent, but there's certain things that like staying in a sport for too long – um yeah. you know, when I was probably no longer enjoying it. Yeah. Um it's like I either changed my mindset and learn to enjoy it again because you once did. Yeah. Or if you don't want to, get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, why are you here? You Literally. Know, why are you here? All is I'm it because other people
0: think or other people want you doing this or other people or is it or, for you? Or because
1: you're like, oh, I have to stay here because so-and-so has invested so much
0: into me being And people here. do that with relationships. Oh, I've been 10 years in. Oh I can't God, break yes, up definitely. now. It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. So yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, you know, or you know, how much this person's given to me to do this or whatever. I'm like, yeah they gave that to you because they love you because they care about you because yeah. they had you know not because they want you to be unhappy and anxious yeah in that spot for the know, rest of your life or like in that yeah. relationship or in that house or whatever exactly. whatever it is
0: yeah yeah that's so. so true and i've got that like kind of with the deathbed thing i've got something similar that i ask myself not at, the deathbed thing is probably even like better for you know like for an, like a to switch your focus on like am i am i not doing it Yeah. but what i do as well is i think of like the Alexis in five years or it can be three years or whatever, but it's my future self. So I always ask myself, if I'm about to procrastinate on something, I say, what am I telling my future self if I don't do this now?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Am I telling my future self that scrolling for another 30 minutes on TikTok is more important than this? Because I can procrastinate big time. But if I then, like, send to myself, then I think, no, I don't want to send that message to my future self. I want to send this message. And same goes for not doing something. Like when I was arming and arming about resigning. Yeah. And then I thought maybe I could stay. And then I said, what am I telling my future self if I stay? Because I knew that if I stayed, I wouldn't invest 100% of my energy into me and yeah. what I'm doing now. It kind of – it's like you're jumping into the open air by cutting that tie. Exactly. You know? And you're,
1: you are facing like a fair bit of fear really because it's uncertain. Yeah, there's
0: there's uncertainty. So I said, but if I don't take that plunge – What am I telling myself? I'm telling myself that I don't fully 100%, you know. So I'm back yourself. I'm not backing myself. Back yourself. Back yourself. (laughs) Back yourself. Back back yourself. yourself. Yeah, and if it all fails, I know I'm capable of getting a job. Like I can be employed. So for me, I was like, nah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like
1: if it fails, worst case scenario... I'll sweep streets. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, totally. I just, I'd rather have a crack than be lying on my deathbed, being like the old person that says, "Ah, oh, I could have done this. I could have done yeah. that." Like, but did you? Did you even try? Did you did try? You even try and don't and regret shit last at me when you're about to die. Yeah, if you haven't
0: tried. And you always regret what you didn't do. It's not what you did. Exactly. It never is what you did. It's yeah, always yeah. like our grandmother, biggest legend, lived a very fulfilled life, but she to the, like, about a year or two before she passed away, she was still saying, oh, I wish I'd done nursing school and gone, you know, with Manolita and that, like, and her sisters-in-law yeah. to all study nursing together. She's like, I had the opportunity. I really wanted to, but I was, like, arming and naring, and I ended up not going. She was then in her 70s yeah. still thinking, I wish I did that when I was 20. Yeah. So that just tells you, like, it's all what you didn't do. It definitely
1: is, and and... Because the things you do, you learn from. Yeah. You know, they're not really failures if you learn from them.
0: Exactly. You're learn. always going to learn and you'll always be better off. Always. Even if you feel that it's been a setback, in the long term I can guarantee you it's not a setback. If you maintain that mindset, it's not a setback.
1: No, definitely because not. Because you'll
0: find another avenue to go down that you're like, whoa, I would have never found that avenue if it wasn't for this original setback. Yep. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. You totally. learn from them.
0: I'm going to go one more question. Um... Do you believe or practice law of attraction or manifestations?
1: Um, I don't know. Uh, at one stage I was like, oh, my God, yeah, law of attraction,
0: vision board and this
1: and that, mm. and I, like, went and did a vision board. To be fair, a lot of the stuff that I put on there has actually occurred. Yeah, <laughs> Um, yeah. But possibly because it was just a reminder to keep chasing that. Yeah. You know, it was the, the things that I'd pinned up there I was pursuing. I was actively yeah. pursuing. So whether if it's... It, it is a manifestation, really, because you have you're bored up, and you have you. you yeah, and you it you're... keeps it front
0: of mind, and That's it. Right, ke- yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think that when it comes to law of attraction, because I, I I always do talk about like the universe, this and that, and I can never know. I don't know for you sure. Don't know. Yeah, but one thing I know definitely for me is that if my mind is aligned constantly with what it is that I see for what I actually like, want in my life instead of bringing the focus into the past. If you're focusing on the past all the time, that shit's going to take forever to manifest, if ever. Yeah. If you're focusing – if your focus is on the now or what's coming up. Yeah, and
1: like you said, keeping it front of mind. Like, when you get – I don't know, like when I bought my green Swift, I'm like, there are so many green Swifts. Yeah, like, exactly, and, and you start on, on seeing everything, 100%. And you see the opportunities when you're focusing on them. Yeah, so you see them and you work towards them and are constantly there.
0: And, and I think that things also become expanders. So I think if you have an open mind and you're willing to put yourself out there, get out of your comfort zone, you then – it increases the probability of attracting or manifesting something in your life because you've then increased your connections with people. You've increased, like ever since the podcast, I've increased my connections with people. I've had people contact me that have then created a really cool connection and something else has come out of that and that and that and it just kind of, it's like a avalanche effect. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, but
1: it's what you were saying, like, even about Lucy, that, you know, she's happy to put herself out there. And because she's happy to put herself out there all the time, yep. it happens more often. She's more confident with it. She's able to overcome setbacks quickly. Yep. And it's like this snowball effect. It is a snowball success. effect
0: because, yeah, to yeah. success, because it gets to that point where then because you've kept, like, it might be a slow start, yeah. even, like, years of a slow start, but then something clicks and then you get you know, something goes right for you there, something clicks for you here, then that person hears about that and wants to work with you. And and then it just keeps going. Yeah. And the
1: first couple of times it's slow and tedious and stressful and scary. Totally. Like Like the
0: amount of times that I've tried to start an online business on this or a blog or a vlog, I think I've started like seven different blogs that that quote-unquote failed that I was just like, no, that's not working. The amount of shit I've tried that never came to fruition so like it feels like this year, it's like everything's happened, but this is ten years in the making. Oh, you! Know? you
1: I remember your first blog. Like, yeah, you know, I remember. Yeah. It again, again, again. Okay, I'm doing a different. It's like okay, you're just doing a different one now. I'm yeah, gonna, I had a blog like,
0: called Limitless Minds. That's it. like yeah. I think eight or ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. that
1: was awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah, it was like, I I get frustrated,
1: obviously, because I like reading your content. And I've always liked reading yeah. your content. Like, get your podcast up by Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah Literally, like, she's
0: like, don't do it in the afternoon, do it in the morning. Oh, I know. That's my potty time in the morning. And I'm like, put the podcast up. She's like, on. I'm trying to just do housework. I need your podcast. <laughs> what am I gonna just do when I'm moisturizing the couch? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. Um, guys, that's yeah, I think I've I mean there's so many more questions, but maybe I can even put them. On the Facebook group even. Yeah, yeah. We'll and then like, stuff yeah, we'll put some stuff up, answer some questions there because this has been, yeah, awesome. I'll definitely be getting Steph back onto the podcast. Thank you. P- I call her pipe. Yep, I call her pipe. pipe. Well, actually, to call me I used to call her Beppy because when I was a child, I couldn't. Pr- everyone called her Steffi, and I had like some sort of a lisp and I couldn't pronounce Steffi, so Beppy. So I still, I've got you in my phone as yeah, Beppy. We, still. we go
1: out for coffee. She's like Beppy. What do you want? I'm like, oh,
0: okay. Because like, okay, and then people are like Peppy. <laughs> like a dog. She's like my name is Stephanie. <laughs> but yeah, yeah we'll um, we'll definitely be. I'll definitely be having Peppy back on the podcast that was awesome thanks pipe thank you i love love you uh and guys be amazing be kind to yourselves don't take shit from anyone and don't take shit from yourself donka